Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church Podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. Good morning, church. Um, well, this is not a good place to be. I'm used to being <laughs> behind there. <laughs> so just in case you hear me start singing, just please give me that opportunity. I had to flow in my, in my own area. Um, anyway, before I start, I want to say uh, thank you again, Pastor Brad, Pastor Yvonne, Pastor Matt, for the opportunity that... Uh, You've given me today to come and share with the church. I, I always like saying it. It's, it's a very humbling thing. I've been in many, many, many churches where I've seen the pastor preach 900 days, actually 990 days, and only share 10 days out of a thousand. But that is not what I've seen here. I see pastor share his pulpit with as many people as he can, and it just shows that he has a heart for the many people, and he has a heart for us here as well as the church. So, Pastor uh, Brad, thank you so much again for the opportunity. Uh, <sighs> okay, maybe I'll start here. Uh, I'll tell you a little story. Maybe that is what is going to ease me into uh, what we want to do today. Um, it's a story that I, uh, I saw on Facebook. It says uh, there's this elderly couple that were dra traveling down the countryside. And then all of a sudden, they see red and blue in the back. The husband that was driving quite all right, obliged and pulled over. When the police officer went to him and asked him, sir, do you know why I stopped you? as every normal driver would do, he say, no, sir, I don't know. Then the police officer told him, actually, your tail light is broken. It's not coming up. He said, oh, no, I just checked it last weekend. It was okay. And then the husband, the wife that was sitting on the side goes and say, come on, honey, I told you about it two weeks ago. <laughs> then he looked at her and said, shut up. You are good for nothing, woman. Then the police officer said, Mom, does he always address you like that? Not always, sir. Not always. Only when he's drunk. All right. <laughs> yeah. So please, be careful what you say. Uh, let me just lock this one so that it doesn't shut out on me again. All right. <clears throat> Let's just uh, open in a word of prayer. My dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I want to say thank you. Thank you, God, for the opportunity that... You have given me, O oh Lord my God, to stand before your church, to stand before your people and share in your words today. Father God, as I open my mouth, let it be an instrument that you use to minister to your people, to minister to us, O oh God. Because I believe that today is a day that you have appointed for me. It's a day that you have appointed for my brothers and my sisters today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord, let the word that go out of my mouth be a ministry to someone here this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Behind me you see a title that says, While I am waiting. What to do when you don't know what to do. All right. Uh, this, <clears throat> God help me out here. This, what I'm going to talk about today, 
it's something that is so close to my heart that has impacted me for, I would safely say, 12 plus 10, for 22 years. Uh, why 22 years? Because myself and Violet, my wife, that is in Ontario today, and I said that I was going to make fun of her. She woke me up at 6 a.m. and said, honey, you are late for church. I'm like, no, I'm not late. Then she, she sent me a text, by the way. So around 8.30, I saw a text. And then I rushed to her and said, okay, I'm going to go take a shower. I said, hey, it's, you are late. You only have 15 minutes to go to church. Then I'm like, uh, I'm in Calgary, remember? <laughs> so I'm pretty much sure when she landed in Ontario, she didn't factor in the time change. She was like, oh, no, 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 no. This guy is running late for church. But anyways, I said I was going to make fun of her. So, <clears throat> why I chose today's message, like I said, um, we've been married with Violet since, 20, uh, since 2001. And from the onset of our marriage, we purposed that God, should, should God bless us, we'll start having children immediately. But of course, those were my plans, those were Violet's plans. And God had his own plans set up for us, and we did not know that. So from 2001, we started trying. Yes, Violet conceived. We had miscarriages. Yes, Violet conceived. She even went at one time. This was the most painful. She even went up to 22 weeks. Then we went for an ultrasound just to be, told, to be told, there is no heartbeat. We're like, all this time, things have been working okay. But why all of a sudden? And then we had to do a DNC, and then they cleaned that up. We went back to zero. Every time she would conceive, we'd go in the store. I was so eager to become a father. Every person we met in the store house, whether in Walmart or in any store, I would tell them, hey, this is my wife. She's expecting. We are going to be parents. And then just a few days after that, she'll miscarry. At one time, we started losing faith. Actually, Violet first, I wouldn't say so much losing faith, but you know, the human nature in you start kicking in. She was like, honey, maybe God did not mean for us to have our own natural children. Maybe we should adopt. I was the man of faith. I said, never. We would have our own children. Not knowing that this woman was going through a lot of pain. We would go to church. People that knew us, they would come with their babies. Oh, can you babysit for us? We babysit them, and then after that, we enjoy that little baby. And then after that, they will come and take their child. Because, of course, it is their child. It's not ours. We are just babysitting. And we'll go back in pain. I remember one, one time, I think that was about 2004-ish, somewhere there. No, 2000 and, yeah, 2004. There's this young lady that had a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful little girl. Alison was her name. So some of our family friends, they told us and said, hey, Alison needs somebody to babysit for her, like long term. Would you be able to do that? We said, of course we'll do that. I mean, uh, somebody need to, to have Alison babysat. So we took that baby Alison with us for literally six months. Morning, mother would come and drop the baby with us. She was about, I think, one going to. Morning, mother would drop the baby with us. Sometime come and get her up in the evening, or sometimes she spend the night with us. And then at one time, she comes and tells us, hey, uh, we'll be going to Florida uh, for the summer, so you won't be seeing Allison for a little while. I said, okay, anyway, you come back. Summer went, fall came, winter came. We never saw Allison. Then we went to ask the people that introduced us to Alison's mom and said, hey, where is she? She has not brought Alison. Then they're like, 
Come on, she never told you. Said, tell us what? Don't tell us Addison is dead. Said, no, 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 no. When she went to Florida, she went to sell Allison. <laughs> that broke us. Really, that broke us. That child, we took her in as our own. We took her in as our own. And the mother knew that. Sorry, please forgive me if I get emotional. This message is just, it goes to my heart. So, <clears throat> she went and saw Allison. Like, if you had it difficult to keep her, you knew how much we loved your daughter. Why didn't you give it to us? Maybe we didn't have the money to pay you, but would have taken care of that baby. Long story short, we went back from somewhere and back to zero. I'll continue this as we proceed with the message. Uh, I'll be speaking through the word and at the same time trying to bring in some element of our testimony because this is just what our life story is. And uh, I pray and believe that God is going to bless someone today. While I am waiting, what to do when you don't know what to do? Now, you know what computers does, what? Okay, Lord. Let's just give it a few moments here. That's an old computer you're using for me, Sister. You're putting me in a bad place, please. <laughs> okay, come on. Let's help it out here. Uh-oh. I think I may have to do away with the slide because it's not... All right, don't worry. It's all set up. While I am waiting, what to do when you don't know what to do? Do you like that screen on your computer? <laughs> Would you like that screen on the screen of your life? Please wait. Loading blessings. We may have received prophecies. God literally and clearly spoke into your life and said, this is what is going to happen. And all you are seeing is loading, please wait. We have goals, visions. Some people at the beginning of the year, New Year's Eve, we go say, New Year's resolution. This is what I'm going to do. Today is what? August 5. Six, sorry, I even gave you one day less. August 6, loading image. Please wait. You've read the Bible. God has clearly told you through the word of God that you will be the head and not the tail. You will prosper and not this. You'll be successful. You'll do this and that. You have read some powerful scripture that you said, this is God speaking to me. Today, August 6, loading, please wait. That could be the story of your life. And that was the story of my life and the story of Violet's life. From 2001 up until 2010. We prayed, we believed, we fasted. I was a church administrator in a certain church in, uh, in the Niagara region in Ontario because I was the administrator, I could have access to the church anytime. Me and my wife would go in church at the altar, kneel down there and pray, quote all possible scriptures about God blessing us with children. We became professional in those scriptures and yet nothing. What to do 
when you don't know what to do? How many promises, how many hopes, how many prophecies have you received so far and yet in your life? There could be someone either here or someone watching me on the screen. That is the story of your life too. But I just want to encourage you and say while you are waiting, God has you on his mind. Certain things that we don't like. You are going to Calgary. From here, you're driving. Immediately you reach the airport area. Things start backing up. And I used to drive. Now I go by bus because it was just so frustrating. When I'm driving there, I'll be on the fast lane. Beep, beep, beep. I'll go on the middle one. I'll go to the far right, short of going on the side. All because somebody in front of me was slow and slowing me. And I don't know if you notice it. When you are on the highway, you're like, I'm in the middle lane. That is the slowest lane. Immediately you change lane to the left one. That becomes the slow one. Have you experienced that? <laughs> you go to McDonald's. They quite fast food. And yet they tell you, go in slot number three there and wait. Why should I? You go in Walmart, those days that they used to have express counters. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go to the express counter. I only have five items. I go to the express counter and guess what? That cashier that they put at the express counter is the slowest cashier in the store. <laughs> why, why, why? Some people are waiting for different things. Organ recipients, waiting for the spouse, waiting for your investment to mature. You are just waiting. Waiting is not an easy thing. It's not easy to wait. Waiting actually is working. I, I remember when I, I went for some career counseling uh, some time back before I started working. Uh, before I, I think I lost a job and I was looking for another employment. The career counselor told me, if you need to find a job, you need to work. I'm like, whoa, what do you mean? While you are waiting for that job, you have to do your resume, you have to do this. You have... So waiting is working. You don't just stay there waiting. So waiting and patience are both active words in the Bible. And uh, there's just a few, I have a few there, but we're going to read uh, a few of them. The first one we're going to read is Hebrews 6. I should have accepted the wireless mic. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> so Hebrews 6 from verse 13, reading through to 15, the Bible says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the premise, the promise, sorry. Have you known how much Abraham had to wait? He waited. If it were you and me, I guess we'd have said, God, forget it. The next one we're going to read uh, out of those, you can just write them down somewhere. It's uh, Romans 8, 24 and 25. <clears throat> So 24 says, for in this hope we were saved, not hope that is seen. No. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And we can read the rest in your own time. There's a song we sing, I'll wait on you, I'll wait on you. On your word, I will rely. Sometimes we sing just because it's a song with lyrics on the board. But when we sing that, 
Do we really mean it? Are you really willing to wait? Are you really relying on God for his promise to come to pass? Some people in the Bible waited. I named Hannah such that she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and went to the church. And the minister of God looked at her and said, woman, is it the right place for you to be drunk? She said, I am not drunk. I am groaning. There's pain inside of me because I have waited and nothing has happened. Sarah, Abraham's wife. Joseph, the dreamer. This one I think we can read. Let me just go there. Joseph, in Genesis 37, it's actually verse 5, not verse 50. Please, if you're writing, it's Genesis 37, 5. Genesis, in the story of Joseph, I don't need to read it. Joseph, the Bible says, Joseph had a dream of greatness upon his life. But see how that dream came to pass. He was arrested. He was denied by his brothers. He was thrown away. He was in jail. I wait on you. I wait on you. That was Joseph's song. He kept on waiting because he knew what he relied on. On your word, I will rely. David himself, anointed as a kid, but it took him forever. Even the person that was sitting on the throne that he was going to inherit wanted to kill him. But he was still waiting. There came a time when the person that was sitting on his throne, I'm saying on David's throne, King Saul, was right there. And David could have killed him and become king on that day. But guess what David did? He said, not today. This is not the day that God appointed. God meant to put me on this throne. On that throne, God would put me there. I would not put myself there. Amen? What to do when you don't know what to do? As I said, Violet kept on pushing me about adoption. And there came a time, I believe, my faith also started withering. Then as in me, I never said it. Thank God I never said it because what we say happened. I was thinking it. In me, I started thinking, maybe my wife is right. Maybe God wants for us to adopt. It was at that moment. I think God knew because the Bible says, God will not allow any temptation that is beyond your ability to withstand to come your way. I believe that's where God helped me. When I started in my heart thinking, remember I said, I never said it. I started thinking and said, maybe my wife is right. At that particular moment, somebody, actually three ministers, they never came to me how funny God is. They went to Violet. One of them told Violet and said, today, next year, you are going to be a mother Clearly. And actually they said at the church where I was a church administrator, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of that church. And she said, when we come to celebrate the 10th anniversary of this church, you will be dedicating your baby at that moment. We were in St. Catherine's, Niagara, Ontario. And <laughs> God is good. I received an acceptance letter to Briarcrest College in Saskatchewan, Moosejaw. Isn't that already erasing my going to dedicate the baby in St. Catherine? See, that was just talk. We are not anywhere anymore. We are now in Saskatchewan. But guess what? God had it arranged that our baby girl would be born on September 6th. 2011 in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. And when she was four, we traveled back to Ontario and Farage Rosette Israela was dedicated. 
what to do when you don't know what to do. I will wait on you. I will wait on you. On your word, I will rely. We need to be patient. We need to wait. Waiting. There's two ways of waiting. Uh, do I have some Jamaican folks here? You do a how do you call rope jumping, right? So this is what happens when you are doing rope jumping. Two people are swinging the rope, right? And then I have to go in. How do I, if I'm the one that's going to go in the rope, do I stand like this while they are swinging the rope? No. I'll be outside the rope. They are swinging. Me that is going to go in, before I go in, I'll be jumping. Before I go in the rope. This is how you wait. Right? That is active waiting. So that because I'm doing this, I'm getting myself in sync with what the world is doing, and with what God has prepared and what the rope is doing, and I'll go in and they'll continue the count. But if I'm standing here, even though I'm looking, they are going chop, chop, chop. Immediately I try to go in, the rope will stop. You got to be actively waiting. Waiting just in case something may happen. Just waiting for God to do something. That way it's easy to give up. But when you are actively waiting, you are expectant. Something going to happen. It's going to be today. If not today, to be tomorrow. But I am expecting and in. God has done it. You got to be expectant that today maybe is my day. Amen? That is how you wait. There are uh, I'll, I'll put it there, some uh, definition of waiting. The first one, waiting, what is waiting? Wait, in the sense of waiting on the Lord, is defined, one way of it is defined by the word called kava. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. But kava means to bind together, as in a three-strand rope, to look patiently, to tarry. When Jesus told his people and said, tarry here. It also means to hope, to expect, to look eagerly. Number two, to wait, is also from the, another Hebrew word, yakar, which means to wait in hope, expectantly. And some different Bible translations have it this way. Um, the King James says, yakar, as in Isaiah 51 says, that says, Trust or wait expectantly. And the NIV would say, wait in hope. The next one is a word called damam. Damam. Like, what, what do you hear in damam? Like you're dumb. Literally. <laughs> it means to be dumb, to grow silent, to be still and know that I am God. If you are going to know that he is God, you got to be dumb. You got to really dumb yourself out and wait for God to do what he has to do. Next is the word called chaka. This one means to tarry or to long for. And you can see it in those uh, scriptures that I've put there. So what to do when you don't know what to do? God always makes us to wait for a reason. If I go back to our testimony, the day Farah Josette was born, I'm not kidding. Everybody we spoke to, we met some friends. First one in Briarcrest, uh, she was our neighbor. She came to visit, we told her our story, and she said, oh, my sister too has been struggling with having children. She's gone for, uh, what is this uh, operation that's in vitro, IVF, yes. She's gone for three IVF and yet nothing held. Then we said, you know what? God is not a partial God. What he has done for one, you do it for the other. We prayed for her. We gave, we gave to the sister, right? She held Josette in her hand. 
We prayed for her. And we forgot about it. One day at night, she didn't bother. It was like literally at night on our window. She came knocking. Guys, guys, come out, come out. She said, what's the problem? She came to tell us the good news that her sister had naturally conceived, not IVF. Why? God always makes us to wait for a reason. Sometime way back, I used to say, to say with Violet, not even knowing, I said, maybe as a way of encouraging. I know sometimes we just become over-spiritual. I was like, you know, maybe God is making us through, go through this so that one day maybe you help somebody. And that is exactly what was happening. We have a friend that were married for three years. They were also having same difficulties. We started praying and believing with them. The husband had tuned off completely. The wife was crying. I said, you know what? Forget the husband. God is going to work with you if that is God's will, because I know that is God's will. We prayed with her. We prayed with her. We prayed with her. Today, she has three children. We have another friend right here in Strathmore. They actually had been married two years more than us. They were also going through the same problem. But God put us together. We prayed. We said, God was able to do it for us. Why can't he do it for you? You are also his children. And guess what? Today, they have a child that is the same age like David. So why does God make us to wait? He makes us wait for a reason. It's all for his glory. Everything that is happening to me. The Bible says in Romans 8, let's say, which is a difficult scripture to quote. Sometimes when you quote it, we quote it on another person. But when it's your situation, <laughs> what are you telling me? Everything works good for those that love God. I'm on my eight years. I've been married eight years. Actually, nine years. You are telling me that me not having children works together for good? For me that love God? For me that serve God? Me not having children? How does that work good for me? But God... Everything works good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Whose purpose? God's purpose. Amen? Why do we wait? Waiting reveals our motives. Sometimes we ask certain things for our own good. But when God makes you wait, it will bring out your motives. If you ask somebody for something, and they tell you to wait. And if they are making you wait a little bit longer, sometimes, if your motives were not right, what are you going to do? Eh, forget it, right? But if your motives were right, you were really in need, you keep on waiting. You keep on going to that person. God helped that person to give me what I wanted. My brother, Bright, uh, after he preached, we spoke, because uh, there's a job that I was... Like me moving into a, a different department at work, I told him, he prayed for me right there, but this job never came. I was, here's here, if, I, if I'm lying, he's here. The job never came. I kept on calling and asking, what's happening? He said, no HR. No HR. We want to give you the job, but HR. I waited and waited and waited to the point I'm like, ah, is it really? Guess what? Today I'm working for the King's Bench. It came. Gotta wait. The motives. Waiting builds patience in us. It raises anticipation in us. It transforms our character and it also cultivates and develops our dependency on God. Isaiah 40:31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. One, two, three, four, five. Five key elements there. Waiting renews your strength. Waiting make you rise higher like the eagle. Waiting will make you not be weary. And waiting would give you strength. You will not grow faint. What to do? 
when you don't know what to do. While I am waiting, Isaiah 14, 13 and 14 says, To the Israelites sandwiched between the sea and Pharaoh, but Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid, stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. Psalm 46, 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Amen? What to do when I do not know what to do? While I am waiting, what do I do? Number one, I need to seek God. Psalms 106, 1 and 3. Number two, be still. Psalms 62, 5. Take action, remember? Rope jumping. Psalms 33, wait patiently. Psalms 37, wait expectantly. Psalms 105, be content with God's provision. And also trust in his goodness. While we are waiting, these are the things that we need to do. And God is so good that when it is in his time, I said Josette was born September 2011. September 6, 2011, she was our everything, our joy and everything. We were like still cherishing her, still enjoying her. And then one day, oh, by the way, let me backtrack. Do you know when you are waiting, it starts like it doesn't mean anything. Every time Violet came to tell me that she was pregnant, because I've known how many miscarriages she had, I was like, whatever. And the pregnancy of Josette, for some reason, I think we are watching a movie I slept in the living room. She went to, she left. Uh, yeah, I slept in the living room. She was in the bedroom. And then in the morning, she came and woke me up. Honey, I think I'm, pre I'm pregnant. Then I wake up. I look at her and say, really, did you have to wake me up for that? I said that. Seriously, that is how bad it was. Say, did you really have to wake me up for that? Why did I say that? Because I've looked at our past. I was like, yeah, two weeks after that, we'll be running to the hospital. But not knowing this was the time God has set for us. We went, <laughs> we went to see uh, a gynecologist before the pregnancy of Josette. This gynecologist is from our country. She's a good Zambian doctor. We were like, oh, yeah, she's from our country. She's going to be compassionate. Because our family doctor referred us to her to go and do a preparation for an in vitro. Then we were in a uh, doctor's office. And then <clears throat> she looks at me and says, how old are you? At that time, I think I was 38, 39. Then she looks at Violet. How old are you? Violet says uh, she was about 33 or 34-ish. This is a gynecologist that is supposed to put you on a treatment for in vitro. I'm not kidding. She goes, <laughs> you guys are late. Where were you all this time? You are very late. It's too late. But anyway, I'll see what I can do. Then when you inflate a balloon, right? <sighs> You don't tie it, and then you let it go. To go. That was me and Violet. We didn't know where else to go, but this is the only gynecologist we were told that could help us. So this is what happened. She said, she asked Violet, okay, so we're good. She asked Violet if she were, like, around her cycle and everything. Violet said, okay, not right now, but around this time. Then she said, okay, so come back around that time when your cycle of uh, around and all of that. Then at that time, I'll give you some medication to trigger something in you before we can go for the procedure and everything. We were supposed to go see her on a Monday. And the Friday before is when Violet came to tell me, that she was pregnant, and I said, so what? And this is a Josette you see running here. God does things beautiful in his own time. 
All we have to do is just be patient with him. Is always keep on seeking him. Be still. Remember that mom. Be still in the presence of God. Moses, when they were about to cross the river, I mean the uh, Red Sea, he told the people, stand still and see the salvation of God. We got to wait patience. We got to be actively waiting. In actively waiting, 2010, on my birthday, our pastor in St. Catharines came. Uh, by the way, you can see by the way I'm dressed because the church I used to go to, you are not a minister if you are not dressed up. <laughs> so he came on my birthday said, hey, Ludovic, come downstairs. I have something for you. We are living in a high rise. In my thoughts, because the man actually helped me dress up. In my thoughts, I'm like, oh, is he bringing me a suit? Is he bringing me a new shirt or brand new shoes? I was his administrator, right? He wanted me to look like him. So I go downstairs expecting something from uh, Moses. Then he told me, go in the back. There's a box. Then he said, this box, when you take it upstairs, we had two rooms in our apartment at that time. He said, you have an empty room. Go put this box up there. It was a baby's crib. He said, go mount this crib in that empty room and tell Violet to prepare that crib as if you are going to put the baby in there tomorrow. We obeyed his word because he was praying with us. And one of the things that he really said, may God bless him even in his ministry today, he said, Unless God did not call me into this ministry, as I am praying with you, you carry the fruit of your womb in your hands. We went upstairs. We mounted the crib. Violet bought sheets. We bought dolls and everything. We set it up. That was our baby's room. And we converted that into our prayer's room. And true to the word of God, of that woman prophetess that told Violet that in one year you conceive, we had a baby. Another minister that was just passing by, like, she, like I finished preaching, I start walking out, and then I passed it. Then I said, oh, my sister, come here, come here, come here, come here. He bypassed her, and then he comes back, said, God is telling me that you've been crying, and he's about to do something for you in the next one year. And the man of God went. And the funny thing is, like, all of this, I am the one that was believing hardest. This woman had given up. She wanted me to adopt. Me, I was believing. No one came to me. But they were going to her. And every time they told her, she came and shared. She said, okay, let's believe. There we go. And then when Josette came, like Psalms, I think it's Psalm 16 that says, uh, we were like they that dreamed. I'm not sure if it's Psalm 116, but it's one of the Psalms. We were still like the people that we are still dreaming of Josette being a reality, telling people, can you pinch us? Do you really have a child? Guess what? David was born. Oh, David was conceived. Because David is also another story. David is also another person. When we are going, we are going for tests and everything. The technician that was checking her, the technician that was checking, I was like, trying everything, trying everything. I think at this time I can get that one going. Can I have that one going? Can I have that, uh, the last thing going? The, yes, please. Yes. <clears throat> While the technician is checking on Violet, she goes, hmm. I mean, then she goes out. She comes back. Try and try and try. She goes out. Then she goes and says, I think I need to call my boss. She goes and calls her boss. Her boss comes and check and check and check. He says, you guys need to come back tomorrow. Okay, is, there, is everything okay? They say, well, no, just uh, did you drink water? How much water did you drink? What time did you drink water? But I've drank water since morning. But anyway, we'll come back. We go back the following day. They try and try and try and say, there's no heartbeat, guys. We're like, how? How? 
There's no heartbeat. And we went home. They told us to go another time. There's this song. It's a Nigerian song I used to sing, to play in the car. What a wonderful God. What a powerful God. You have done marvelous thing for me. What a supernatural God. Unchangeable God. You will do it again and again. I kept on praying that and playing that song as we are going. Today we have David. Just listen to the, song, the word of that song. And may God minister to you before we pray. But patiently I will wait. I will move ahead bold and confident taking every step in obedience while I'm waiting That could be you. That could be your story while you are waiting. I don't know if there's somebody that is going through that same situation. You've been waiting, almost losing hope. If that is you that is here and you feel like if God was able to do it for Ludovic or Violet and for the others, he can do it for me as well. You can come forward. I believe as pastor gave me the pulpit, he's also giving me direct permission to pray for people. Thank you. So if there's anybody that needs prayer in that area, just quietly come forward to pray for you. If you are watching online and you feel that that is you, please contact the church and we'll find a way of praying for you as well. As you are waiting, what to do when you don't know what to do? Keep on serving God. Keep on trusting Him. Keep on believing. Keep on hoping. Keep on pushing. Keep on trusting. Do not give up. The devil wants you to give up. But I want to guarantee you that it took me nine years of believing, of seeing obstacles, of seeing difficulties. But God pulled us through. And today when we look back, on history. Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family, and that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca. Or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop-down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go. You'll find purpose in the pain. Hold on just a little bit longer. Deep down there's a well of faith. Let hope arise as you're lifting up my name. And just hold on.
You're fine, purpose.